You're listening to the Startup Finance Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, a show entirely focused on helping you to build a financially fit and fundable business. On this show, we connect you with finance aficionados to impart their expertise to help your business grow. The Startup Finance Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community and voice for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. Make your way over to startupcan.ca forward slash podcast to subscribe to this Startup Finance Podcast through iTunes and Google Play Music. This podcast is presented in partnership with MasterCard, a technology company in the global payments industry. MasterCard's global payments processing network connects consumers, financial institutions, merchants, governments in more than 210 countries and territories. MasterCard products and solutions make everyday commerce activities such as shopping, traveling, running a business, and even managing your finances easier, more secure, and more efficient. I am your host, Dr. Sean Wise, Professor of Entrepreneurship at Ryerson University. I bring more than 19 years experience in seed investing, including five seasons spent supporting CBC's Dragon's Den. I've published dozens of articles for Profit, Inc., and even Canadian Business, as well as several best-selling books on venture capital, entrepreneurship, and pitching ideas. Want to connect with me after this podcast? Join me at 100stepstostartup.com. We're thrilled to have Ian McLean on our show today. Ian is the Senior Vice President of Market Development at MasterCard in Toronto. He's responsible for leading the teams responsible for MasterCard's partnerships with acquiring banks and payment gateways. He also in charge of developing MasterCard's business with merchants, growing MasterCard's presence in specialist card issuing verticals. And he's part of the group that is responsible for interchange, pricing, and strategic initiatives. Moving to Canada in 2017, Ian formerly worked in MasterCard's London office, where he worked in the business development group, mastering partnerships with merchants across the United Kingdom. Ian has an impressive background as he holds an MBA from Imperial College in London, a master's in philosophy in bioorganic chemistry. Wow. A master's in philosophy in bioorganic organic chemistry and a bachelor of science honors in chemistry. I see how you went up at MasterCard, all from the University of Newcastle. Moving to Canada in 2017, Ian formerly worked in MasterCard's London office, where he worked in the business development group, mastering partnerships with merchants across the United Kingdom. Ian has an impressive background as he holds a master's in business administration from Imperial College in London, as well as a master's in philosophy in bio-inorganic chemistry and a bachelor's of science in chemistry. Both were given to him at the University of Newcastle. On today's Startup Finance Podcast, we'll be talking to Ian about the value of going cashless while diving into the value of acceptance. So Ian, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you spending some time today. We only have about a half hour, but we're going to talk about a lot of different things. But from your perspective, what learnings do you want our listeners to walk away with today? I'd like our... um listeners to walk away with an understanding of the value of electronic payments uh, and how they can make your business more efficient. More efficient. Um, and I'd like them to also understand what the benefits of, of going cashless can be for their businesses and for the, the whole of the Canadian economy. 
Well, and I think that's going to be an exciting topic. But you know what? MasterCard's played a huge role with Startup Canada for a number of years now, and you've had a strong partnership. What, in your mind, is the greatest accomplishment you guys have managed together? How is MasterCard supporting Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs? So I think, um, firstly, MasterCard have uh, worked with uh, Startup Canada and some of their other partners, Intuit Canada, to train over 10,000 entrepreneurs uh, in financial literacy through the Startup Foundation's Finance Bootcamps program, um, which is a great achievement. Uh, Secondly, um, we've been present at the Day on the Hill. Um, In 2018, MasterCard will once again be a national sponsor uh, of the Startup Canada Awards, uh, which is the hallmark event celebrating Canada's entrepreneurship community and a key sponsor of Startup Canada Day on the Hill, the most influential entrepreneurial event in Canada, where Over 1,500 top innovators, entrepreneurs, industry and government decision makers convened to apply an entrepreneurial lens to policy. Finally, um, something called MasterCard Biz, uh, which is an initiative where we've leveraged Startup Canada's expertise um, for the entrepreneur community and then aimed to further amplify that um, by MasterCard's reach um, within with, with small um, businesses across the Canadian market. Well, and I appreciate that for the ongoing support you've given. You know, you mentioned financial literacy in the financial boot camps, and, and this is the Startup Finance Podcast, so I would be remiss. I found research that unequivocally links financial literacy to business sustainability. And I think it makes sense, right? If you don't know how much gas is in the car, then the car is going to run out of gas at the worst time. If you don't have financial literacy, you you won't have good management. You've been around business for a while now. What value do you see in financial literacy to our entrepreneurial community? Uh, So, uh, for one, small businesses represent a significant proportion of our customer base and whilst we don't get to see all of them every day because we're quite a small organization here in Canada um, they they are part of uh, a big part of our business um, so they're important to us um, obviously we we are in the the financial um, uh, ecosystem for want of a better word um, which means that we get uh, exposed to and, and have products that that address matters such as fraud for example um, so we can understand what impact um, credit and decisioning um, has um, not just on um, the card issuing side, which is the obvious place to look, um, but also on the merchant side. Um, done a fair bit of work uh, in the past with small merchants, just looking at some of the issues that they have and uh, some of the frustrations there that, that we've identified in the past have actually been about not being able to get access to the electronic payments that they demand because um, one, the electronic payments fuel a business. Their consumers want to pay with those cards, but also it it, it drives cash flow. They um, they typically get paid quickly, and um, 
and seamlessly with the product. So that that flow of cash is is fundamental to um, to uh, to their business, um, particularly for a small business that is that can be quite cash hungry. Absolutely. And, and, you know, when you're talking about cash, you're talking about cash flow as well as the Absolutely. physical thing. <laughs> now, you've been talking about going cashless. And I think that in the last two decades, the, the biggest impact on, on any kind of commerce has been, you know, the e-commerce revolution, retailing online. And, and I think that's was always been what people thought about when they thought about going cashless, but it's actually much bigger than that. So, you know, electronic payments are replacing cash because there's so many benefits. Can you walk me through from from the merchant side, from the user side, some of these benefits and, and, and what the, the true cost of not following this trend might Absolutely. be? Um, and I, I guess I'll first just address your point on e-commerce where we see a continued trend that e-commerce represents a greater share of our businesses as the e-commerce segment grows faster than, than the rest of the market within um, Canada. And it's it's one where you do notice how the growth within that space is often dominated by new, smaller merchants uh, coming onto um, the MasterCard network. Um, and uh, that they are the, one of the drivers of, of, of the growth of our business. Um, in terms of the the more broad value of uh, of card acceptance, I'll um, I'll just talk quickly about um, the value of acceptance relative to um, cash, which I think is misunderstood in a lot of quarters. I think firstly, cash is often perceived to be free, which uh, I think most business owners when you uh, when they think about it will understand that there is a, a cost to banking cash to um, to money going missing to counting the cash etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, so that's the first point there is a real cost to money and sometimes that cost can be significant um, but then secondly um, the the value associated with electronic payments is huge. Um, people go out with a card in their pocket. They don't necessarily go out with a specific amount of cash in their pocket, which will allow them to buy everything um, that is on the shelves in front of them when they're on that shopping trip. So um, we tend to see that the ticket size, the, the average transaction value um, for a card transaction is significantly higher um, than a cash transaction. So so I go out to buy a stereo and 50 years ago, I might go out with my piggy bank and break it open and take the coins and, and use that to buy it. And that might get me X. But you're saying from a merchant's perspective, that's really limiting because there's only the cash you have on, on your person. Whereas with a card, you have the unlimited access to what you might need. Am I getting that? Absolutely. And, you know, if that person has to access a credit line to um, to spend that, that money, they'll access that credit line from their bank as they use their credit card. And um, the merchant receives that benefit at, at no um, risk to the merchant that that transaction goes through, providing it's been authorized properly and everything, then um, uh, then there is no risk of fraud or anything like that around the transaction. Then they will receive the funds within a very short time period, and then it's the card issuer's job to go and collect the funds from the uh, from the card holder. Uh, I think that makes sense. And we have a lot of small businesses 
uh, uh, listening to us today. We have a lot of startups. Almost all of them have uh, an internet presence, uh, an e-commerce presence. What does going cashless mean for them? I mean, maybe people will buy more, but what other advantages can they accrue? Because they're just starting out. Like, So how can this be in their benefit? So uh, my understanding in the e-commerce space is that it's absolutely essential for a merchant to um, process credit card transactions in that I think the levels of consumer confidence uh, that we observe uh, associated with sending off a check or um, cash in a post or whatever it may be um, are Wow, doesn't that sound like uh, like a, an old black and white movie? I mean, when was the last time I wrote a check? I'm sitting here thinking, I, I, I just can't, let alone send money by the mail service. I'm surprised the mail service even exists other than to deliver my Amazon. So I'd say it's a, it's a necessity for an e-commerce business. And, and I'd say the... Most e-commerce businesses, I think, understand that. Um, you know, consumers expect to pay with cards online. And I think one thing that we we didn't touch on around the value of acceptance is just that consumers expect to use the cards. If, if your customers want to use a certain form of payment, they feel comfortable in your store. And and that, again, is a, is a, is a good thing. Well, I always feel comfortable using my MasterCard because I, I kind of imagine that you're right there with me. So if, I, if I'm going to send a check, it's just me and the merchant and I've never met this merchant and they're online and how do I know anything? But when I have a, a MasterCard with me, I, I sort of feel like, like you're in present if that's not too weird that's, to that's say. That's my job, actually. I mean, I've, I've got a computer. I, I sit and watch. Uh, <laughs> you sit and watch where people go. <laughs> but it's not just online, right? MasterCard isn't the only company promoting cashless. You've got restaurants like Flock and Mad Radish and, and more and more businesses. Do you see this as like a, a big trend? And what do you think is driving it? Yeah. So as I said, uh, we've, we've seen a big shift uh, in terms of the, the overall proportion of business in Canada that is e-commerce versus uh, card present business, and that that continues to um, continues to happen. Um, I think we'll talk a bit more about the the, the ongoing trends that we're seeing in that space um, within the uh, the bricks and mortar retailer space. I, I think we're we're seeing. Um, Merchants are really seeing that the that the value of cash acceptance becomes less or becomes more and more obvious. Uh, the the limit of value it adds as the, the the proportion of of payment card transactions increases. So you mentioned Flock, uh, Mad Radish. Uh, there, I actually went to Flock for my lunch today, um, and it's it's great from a um, check out perspective. Um, contactless payment. Everybody pulls the card out. It's paid and done within no time at all. Picks up their order and, and goes. So it's not a ex- checkout experience that could be delivered via a clunky a clunkier process whereby um, somebody's fumbling for cash in order to to pay some uh, some change and things so for that kind of establishment it works fantastically well um mad radish in ottawa has has done something similar um uh, they just wanted to get the food off as quickly and as efficiently as as possible um so suddenly they use the fastest payment options available and 
Um, more, I mean, generally now we're seeing that um, contactless is pretty ubiquitous within the large retail community in the urban centres um, in in Canada, um, and the benefits that it brings in terms of the consumer checkout experience are uh, are significant. Um, Ian, we have some students who listen and, and maybe don't have the in-depth knowledge of, of transactions. So can, can you help me and, and fundamentally describe the anatomy of a transaction? Sure. Um, so MasterCard is a, is a global network, which means people can use their cards all over the world in huge numbers of merchants, um, and the transaction will happen really quickly, no matter where you are. Um, now, there's four parties um, involved in that transaction with us, hence why we call it the four-party model. So the four parties, one by one, um, start with the, the account holder, the card holder themselves, who walks into the store and pays the merchant with their card. Um, the merchant has then got the appropriate technology on their, their counter, uh, or if they're an e-commerce merchant, on their, their checkout page. Uh, and that technology is typically applied, uh, sorry, supplied by an acquiring bank. Uh, now, the acquiring banks are the likes of uh, Moneris, Global Payments, Chase, TD Bank. The acquirers then process the transaction onto our global network. And we then route that transaction to the issuer of the card uh, that the cardholder originally held in their hand. So we were talking a minute ago about about Flock and the restaurant you went to. Walk me through those parties for that. You go and have a beautiful lunch. You go up to the counter or they bring the thing to you. Take it from there. Who, how does this party model That's work? a good question. Uh, and usually the checkout experience is so quick, I don't have long to look at the uh, the terminals and stuff to uh, to evaluate that. But um, so Flock. But in that case, you're the card so holder. So I'm the card holder. I walk into, uh, into Flock. I have my BMO MasterCard. Um, I place my order. Uh, the lady says, would you like to pay with credit or debit? And uh, I say credit, and uh, the payment terminal will then uh, fire up. So I mean, it'll switch on effectively. Um, that payment terminal uh, will likely be provided by an acquiring bank. Um, and so that might have been Monero, be just yeah. randomly. Okay. Um, so I will then tap my card uh, on that terminal. Um, a message will come to MasterCard, and MasterCard will, in, all in pretty much real time, um, look at uh, the relevant or communicate with the, the issuing bank, FEMO uh, <coughs> in this case, in order to evaluate whether I've got enough money in my account and whether BMO are comfortable with authorizing that transaction. We will then send a message back to Flock saying, yes, um, we're okay that Ian's got enough money to buy uh, his lunch today, and the transaction gets approved. Um, we then send a separate message to um, the issuing bank, uh, sorry, 
The acquirer then sends a separate message to us, um, and we then pass that through to the issuing bank with the, the further details of that transaction on it. And, uh, and that all seems to happen in a second, a second and a half, two seconds. Absolutely. So the authorization is, is virtually instantaneous, and then there's a, a secondary process called settlement where there'll be a further uh, batch of messages that get passed um, uh, along from acquirer to issuer. The acquirer will pay um, the merchant, so the merchant's good, typically within, I think, as little as a day, um, sometimes same day. Moneris certainly talk about their same day uh, payment service. And um, then the uh, the card issuer then collects the funds, as a BMO, collect the funds from me. Wow. I never knew all that was going on in under two seconds. But you know what? Let's let's keep going on that route because I, I think we have something now. So well, I think we all agree that people who are small businesses, people who are startups, you know, when you finally get someone to your website or to your store, you can't afford to have a bad customer experience. And that includes a payment experience. You can't afford to have spent all this time acquiring this customer, showing them your goods, showing them your value proposition, only to have friction when it goes to the transfer of funds. So if, if, for our listeners out there, what is the ideal customer payment experience that every entrepreneur should be implementing in their payments model so they don't lose people at the last minute? Mm, um, I actually came from an, an e-commerce business before I, uh, I moved here and reasonably simple stuff. Um, you, you keep the number of steps as short as you possibly can. Um, you make it simple and clutter free and remove any barriers that you can. Um, so in practical terms, what does that look like? Um, so I'll give uh, an example, um, which will be a, a MasterCard product, um, which is MasterPass, which enables a, uh, a MasterCard card card holder to register their details once with uh, a MasterPass wallet uh, that could be issued by the bank or they could register independently. And they can then just use username and password in order to check out uh, whichever locations accept MasterPass in Canada. So um, what that means is no longer do I have to key in um, 16 digits from a, a card number, no longer do I have to. Because I'm honest, I, I often mix those up. So I love this idea <laughs> of, of letting the computer enter it as long as I enter my credentials. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's the way that the, the world is going, definitely. Um, we're seeing a trend towards either merchants using our solutions or merchants operating Card on, larger merchants operating solutions that we call card on file. So uh, you think about when you shop on Amazon, you know they they capture your your delivery details, they capture your billing address, they capture your cards, and they make the checkout process very very easy. So oh yeah, they're the kings of one click and done. absolutely. So I think that's got to be the the target. Um, and then what we do is work with the acquiring and merchant community in order to try and make those solutions as ubiquitous as possible. Obviously, not everyone is Amazon and has the resources uh, available, um, but also as safe as possible. I think speed, there's always a trade-off with safety. And um, 
we want to make sure our payment capabilities are the safest in the world as well as the best in the world. Um, so we invest heavily in new capabilities that make sure our business and, and our merchants' businesses um, are as safe as possible. When I think after speed, safety, or before speed, maybe safety, but those are two key criteria for me to do business. But you know what? Notwithstanding what you just said, every so often we do hear about a security breach surrounding credit card information and data. So how does MasterCard ensure its customers on both sides of the transaction, the merchants and the end users, are protected? And, and, and how does working with MasterCard allow for, for more uh, protection than, say, other means of payment? Sure. Um, so fraud within the e-commerce space is, is an absolute priority for us. So this means uh, making sure that somebody is who you think they are when they are making that transaction. Um, so we have existing technologies in the market that we are um, both uh, expanding rapidly and also improving that allow us to make sure that or uh, make as sure as possible that, that individual uh, is who they say they are. Um, the technology is called 3D Secure. Um, within the next few months, the next iteration of 3D Secure is going to be rolled out with our acquiring bank partners, um, and that will include biometric capabilities, which will mean that uh, your bank will allow you, that as you pay on merchants' websites who are participating, it will then ping you on your phone uh, and ask you to look at your phone, blink. That You're going to use facial recognition. We're using facial recognition, yeah. That, that wow. information will then be part of that authorization message that I spoke about. Um, so as long as I don't have an evil clone <laughs> or an identical sibling, but I, I know that's only science fiction, no one's identical, <laughs> but but I, we should be good. This sounds very secure. Absolutely. And, and you know, biometrics are a big in payments. As I said, we've invested heavily uh, in the last few years in biometrics technologies. We acquired a, a small Canadian business, in fact, last year um, on the West Coast, who do some really interesting things in, in a field called behavioral biometrics, which try Isn't that the one where it's like, it's not just your password, but the speed at which you type and how you interact? Is that the one you're talking right. about? That's right. Yeah, they're called New Data. Um, and they, it's awesome technology. They, they look at uh, a, a number of fields of, of technology and are able to determine um, that it is really you through a number of layers. So they'll start with something fairly basic and then if there's a flag that's raised, then they'll step to something slightly more uh, serious and then they get to some really clever stuff like what angle your, your phone is being held at, what pace you're typing with, et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah, clever, clever stuff. Well, and that should even defeat my evil clone. <laughs> the the other area that, that we're very focused on is cyber security. Um, so generally, this is very important for our business internally. You know, it's, it's very important that our network is um, is totally um, secure and robust. 
Um, and what we also want to do is extend that um, benefit to all of the uh, parties within the the four-party model that we just described. So one of the, the initiatives that we are currently working on um, at reasonably early stages is something called tokenization, which um, will effectively create a meaningless um, a meaningless token uh, instead of a, a card number. Um, so you as a merchant would no longer have to store any card details. Um, the acquirer wouldn't need to store any card details. So what that does is it, it means that the, the, the scope for card details being hacked reduces massively um uh, we we are in control um of all of the the actual personal account numbers well that just takes a a, a whole degree of risk off I, I i'm no longer worrying about you being stolen from me if i can leave it to you that's a huge innovation both for merchants and uh, for the, the 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 customers themselves let me ask you this Going forward, 5, 10, 15 years, where do you see the, the, the future of the cashless society? How will, how, how will our lives have been different? Um, I, I, I think we'll just see acceleration, uh, if I'm honest. As, as we see better and better technologies that make electronic payments faster, more convenient, safer, um, we'll just see a greater acceleration of this displacement of cash. Uh, we are already seeing in markets like um, the, the Scandinavian markets, I think they are pretty much cash-free already. Um, I think then the, the, the... That's because it's too cool to go into your pockets <laughs> to get the change. But no, I, no, absolutely. I've heard that as well. I, I think as we layer on more and more technologies that just make... It, to be frank, if they do nothing other than make the consumer experience better, um, it's going to get more people paying with those cards and it's going to drive that penetration more and more. It's going to make more consumers happy. The fact it's going to overlay you know, much better security as well uh, should be a, a, is a double benefit for both the cardholder and, and the merchant. Well, we've really benefited from having time to chat with you today, Ian. I have to wrap up because it's a short podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. But I want to ask you, any final words of advice to our listeners? I know uh, that from working with smaller merchants, uh, that the payment uh, industry can be difficult to understand and sometimes difficult to access. Um, and I appreciate that as a as somebody trying to get a, a small business off the ground, it's probably the last thing that you want to be spending a lot of your time doing. You want to be focused on the product, on the sales force, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, I've certainly heard, um, not actually in this country, but, but in another country, that sometimes the the array of service providers who, who ultimately work with our partners um, can make things difficult for, uh, for, for merchants to, or can be perceived to make things difficult for merchants to access um, payments. I would encourage you to do two things. Um, firstly, persevere, um, that there, there is um, there are good service providers out there uh, and you can get a fantastic 
payments experience. Um, secondly, contact MasterCard if you need to. Um, we have a website, I'm sure via Startup Canada, uh, we would happily service inquiries. We don't have an enormous team here to service small merchants, but um, we would try and turn those around and make sure we're pointing you towards um, the best service providers to meet your needs. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Finance Podcast, a show dedicated to providing entrepreneurs with advice and experiences on startup finance. Want to access more resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca to gain access to support, resources, and events. And be sure while you're there to check out all the other original Startup Canada podcast series on the Startup Canada podcast network.